by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome to N17 Women, the podcast about Tottenham Hotspur's women's team. My name's Rachel, I'm the editor of the Spurs women's blog, and with me today I've got Caroline. Caroline writes Spurs Across the Pond. Hi Caroline, how are you doing? Doing good, excited to talk about the squad with y'all today. Excellent. We've also got Sean Wallace. Sean is the women's team lead for Proud Lily Whites. Hi, Sean. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to chat with you all. And finally, we've got Abby. Abby writes for Carter's Free Captain about the Spurs women's team. How are you doing, Abby? I'm doing all right. Looking forward to recording this pod. Um, but before we get started, I think we all just wanted to note something. Um, we're recording this on Friday, June 24th, and here in the United States, Roe v. Wade has just been officially struck down. So it's a tough day for us here um, and everywhere. We just wanted to reiterate our continued support for abortion access and bodily autonomy everywhere. Uh, and yeah, let's move on to the pod part. Thanks, Abby. We know it isn't entirely on topic, but it also felt like such a momentous decision that we couldn't not say something about it today. Okay, so um, there's been some exciting news this week. We've heard there's going to be a tournament in Louisville. I know Caroline and Abby are especially excited about this. It means they're going to be able to see the Spurs players in person. Um, And we'll certainly do another pod on that. But today we're going to focus on the other bit of news that happened this week, which is we've had our first summer signing. Um, And today we're going to do a bit of a rundown of the team. That means we're going to talk about where our current strengths are, where our weaknesses. We'll cover contract extensions, departures of some key players and where we see the gaps. Um, And the gaps obviously are things that we hope are going to be filled by the end of the transfer window. So we're going to do this in a kind of back to front order, which means we're going to be starting with our goalkeepers. Um, Spurs were kind of unique this year in that they had two keepers who each played exactly the same number of games in WSL, Tini Corpella and Becky Spencer. Becky's been at the club since 2019. Tini joined last year. They each played 11 games in the WSL. It's a really unique situation because they weren't just playing. It wasn't just that one was playing most of the games and then went off. Um, They were alternating. So it would be almost every other game would be one or the other of them. Um, Sean, why do Spurs have two keepers and why are they organised in this manner? And is it a good thing? Are we happy about it? Uh, Well, the the reason being uh, that Becky Spencer, who has so far in the Super League, been our number one keeper, does have a recurring back injury. And uh, it's a regular occurrence during a game, which he'll go down and we'll all be sitting there going, oh, here she goes again. Um, and there were a couple of times in previous seasons where she's been out for uh, a game or two and we've had less experienced keepers. So when we first started in the Super League, we had Chloe Morgan, who'd been our number one in the Championship and was a great keeper at that level, but was not a Super League keeper. Uh, she's at Palace at the moment, although not playing too much there. Uh, and and then last season, we we bought somebody in from Manchester United who was a youngster who didn't play very much and, and wasn't really ready for 
first team football. So it was great to see Tinney coming in this season, an experienced player, really, um, you know, an international player, you know, with, with that kind of experience. And she's proven to be, because uh, she started a lot of the games early on in the season, a lot of the bigger games. And uh, her shot stopping has been fantastic, which Becky's is also, when we, we know they're both excellent shot stoppers. Um, it's been interesting to watch how they, they managed it. I get the sense from some of the players that they prefer Becky. Um, maybe that's just uh, because they work with her a lot more and they trust her more. Uh, but certainly within the fan base, I think there's a lot of love for Tinny. Um, you know, excellent. Um, I, th- I think Becky's distribution is probably better than Tinny's. Uh, and she's she's better at starting and attacking things. She's she's good at that. Um, but from a shot stopping goalkeeping perspective, I don't think there's much to choose between them. I, I know some people prefer Tinny because she's taller and they're old school and they think a goalkeeper should be tall. But from my perspective, I think if you look at the stats statistically on on shots saved and that they faced, I think they're they're pretty much um, level pegging it. So I don't think there's much to choose between the two of them. But it's great to have a second choice who is uh, as good as our first choice, given the injury problems that Becky has. And it does seem that they're both happy to be playing that shared role. And whilst they're happy to be doing that, I I don't, you know, it's great for us as a club because it means whatever happens, we know we've got a goalkeeper who we can rely on. Yeah, I think that's really great. I think it's, we've seen also Tinny's contract has been extended another year. We've got Becky has had her contract extended another two years. So they're both going to be in place at least till the end of next season and maybe longer. We've also got a... Um, a young goalkeeper, Eleanor Heaps, who is on the books. She was out on loan with um, Blackburn last season. And um, it's not really, she's still on the books. It's not clear whether she's going to go out on loan again or not. Um, do either of the either you, Abby or Caroline, have anything to add about our goalkeeping? I would just say I totally agree with Sean that uh, Becky is a little better at distribution. So I think it's it's an asset to the team that we have you know, both of them as an option. So when we're playing against an opponent where we know we're going to be having more possession, it might be better to play Becky and have more of that build up play. But if we're going to be playing a side where we're going to be focusing more on counterattack, that's one where we can bring in a uh, teeny. Yeah. I think that's a great point. Um, Abby. Yeah. Um, just to put a action to it. I, I just love Becky um, and watching her. I've seen her absolutely ruin the lives of many attackers this season and so it's like yeah her distribution like looks better by the numbers but it's like I watch the ball go back to her and I'm sitting there going oh yeah like what's she gonna do and um I'm really glad we extended Tinny's contract because uh if we can't have Becky I really am happy to have a solid strong um really good shot stopping alternative back there yeah, you I know, mean, her shots. Oh, so I was going to say, Tinny's shot stopping against Arsenal, especially. I think that was the kind of game of her season where it was just, she kept us in that game. It was amazing. Um, Becky, it does have those heart in mouth moments, though. I have to say, are you going to say something about that, Sean? Yeah, I mean, that game, um, what uh, Coventry, where, you know, side a league lower than us, we're basically at half time, we're going, oh, we're winning this, no problems. And changed half the side to be really young you know quite a lot of youngsters on the pitch and defensively we were not strong in the second half of that game Becky loses the ball at feet and they get back into the game and the number of times that Becky has her brought the ball at her feet and we're all sat there going don't do it don't do it don't do it 
<laughs> yes, well, I'm definitely with you on that one. It's I feel so heart in mouth. And I think I can remember against Man City in the um, Cup semi-final, um, certainly against Leicester City in the FA Cup. There's definitely those moments. You're right. It's that balance, isn't it? Becky is both is more confident with the ball at her feet, but that also makes us more, more panicked occasionally. OK, so for now, we're all happy about goalkeepers. We're not expecting any major transfers in that area. So let's go on to our central defence. Um, and this season, we had Molly Bartrip and Shalina Zadorsky, who started every single game and played every single minute of every single game, except for one game when Shalina Zadorsky was on international duty. That was West Ham away, which we lost, by the way. So, yeah. Um, other than that, they were a kind of ever-present partnership. So, Abby, do you want to kick us off about this? Yeah, um, I'm really happy with them back there, and I like them as a partnership. And that's what it really all comes down to. I think it's interesting because if you look at them by the numbers, neither of them look particularly good. They don't have great tackle numbers or interception numbers or block numbers or anything you'd normally expect your center backs to do. But watching them, there's no doubt that they, that we have a great back line and that they're a major part of it. They've been the lynch, linchpins of that all season. Uh, and I think it really just comes down to the fact that they are not asked to do those things that would make them look like good center backs by the numbers. They're asked to do other things. Like we get huge, huge defensive output from basically everyone farther up the pitch than them. Um, we've talked about this a lot, I think. So I think they work well together because uh, Shaleen is a brilliant organizer and our captain and a leader in the back line all over the pitch. Molly has similar leadership qualities, but in addition to that, she also has um, a pretty good passing game in her locker. We've seen a number of examples of that. Uh, Shalina is solid in that area, but that's really what they're expected to do is clean up loose balls and start things from back. So I do think we need a little cover. I don't know if you would all agree with me on, on that. Uh, I'd like to open that up. Like we do have Karis Harrop, but uh that would mean taking a, a hit at left back. So one of them gets injured. I do have some concerns about, um, you know, where we go from there. And I'd love to see uh, Vicky back. I think she's been released by Arsenal, but I'm not sure if she's been picked up by anyone else yet. So I actually meant to check that and didn't. So I'll have to follow up on that. So that's Thoughts. Vicky Schneidbeck, who was, um, we got her on loan from Arsenal. Initially, she hardly played any games until that sort of final run of games where often um, we were playing a back three and she was in the team. Sean, I, how about, do you want to kind of follow up on some of what Abby was saying there? Yeah, well, a couple of things. First of all, absolutely, we need some cover. Um, two centre-backs. Is, I mean, Keris is actually a centre-back um, rather than a left-back, so... Along that defence, we need some some shoring up, some some back backing up somewhere. We've got a we've got a, a, a group of players there who are quite versatile. So exactly what we need will be up to Rianne and what's available to her, I guess. But just slightly on a on an off uh, slightly off on a tangent is Shalina as captain because I don't think if Shalina if Shalina wasn't the international player that she is, if she didn't have the stature and if she if when because when she came to the club. She and Alana Kennedy were the big names at the club. Um, I I don't think for my for my money, 
I think there are better captains in the team than Shalina. And um, it's only because of her status as a glitzy international player for Canada that keeps her as captain personally. And if you look at the way Rianne talks to players, when she wants to get a message out to players, she talks to Ria, not to Shalina. Um, and Ria's, I think Ria's less of a smooth character she doesn't I don't think she gets on as well with people as Shalina does and that might be what you want in your captain but for me I for me Shalina's not the best person to be a captain I think sometimes your captain's got to rock the boat a bit and got to to be willing to 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 shake things up a bit and I think Shalina's very much on the surface level kind of she paints a smile on her face but it's not it's not in her eyes when you when you uh when you see her at the at, at the end of the game thing so for me, I think there are probably better options for captain, but um, you know, she's what we've got for the time being, and she's not, yeah, you know, she's not doing a bad job. But I think the, I think the responsibility of captain is actually shared out, probably realistically speaking, amongst several of the team, um, and Shalina kind of takes the the shine of it. But I think there are several players who who participate in that role. That's a really interesting thing to raise. Um, and certainly if you think about like the players who do the most talking on the pitch, it's, well, it's Keris basically, isn't it? I mean, it's amazing how much she can, organising and talking she can do. But you also, you're right, you see Rhea doing it, you see Ash doing it, going and getting sort of information from Rianne and coming back and kind of telling people what's going on. Um, Rachel used to do it as well, I guess. Uh, Abby, do you want to come back on that? Yeah, I do wonder, uh, and it's hard for me to say not actually being at the games, but I have noticed that but um, the players we've mentioned, like Rhea and Rachel specifically, they are kind of our pressing triggers. Um, so if the entire team is organizing themselves around the actions of Rachel and Rhea, it makes sense that Rianne would then talk to Rachel and Rhea first and rather than speaking to people in further back because they are the ones who kind of like, you notice it, like the, the other teams kicking the ball around the back and then one of like, well, Rachel, Rhea, or, or Kaya usually goes to the ball and then the rest of the team kind of organizes around their actions. I feel like we've gone to off topic here in a very interesting way, but not a problem. Um, so I think we got to the point of talking about uh, Molly and Shalina, like we're really confident about them being in the team, needing to have some sort of backup, as well as the loss of Vicky. Um, we had Gracie Pierce is um, actually a player at Spurs. Um, she's only 19 years old. Um, she was loaned to Crystal Palace in the Champions League over the last year. She actually had quite a lot of games. She played 19 games, but I did talk to a fan at Crystal Palace who wasn't, I'd say, over-enthusiastic about her ability to do something in the WSL. That's all secondhand. I have not watched a lot of her. Um, I don't know if anyone else has any opinions about that, but we probably need at least one other um back up there it seems like okay so let's move on to our full backs um and here I feel like we're going to have a bit of spend a bit of time waxing lyrical um we have obviously Ashley Neville who has just um had her contract renewed until 2025 Keris Harrop who's got a contract extended a year till 2023 well we've also got Asmita Ale who's got a year remaining on a two-year contract and Esther Morgan who's returned to the club after a loan spell at Leicester from January which unfortunately she didn't play very much because she got injured um so let's start with Ash she won numerous player of the year awards from the club from fans as well as getting the WSL player of the month in February so my kind of basic question is why do we all love her Caroline go for it yeah I think the reason we love her so much as fans is that she really represents like the full package as a player 
because she has that strong mentality. She has the experience and also the tenure with the club, which kind of leads into her having leadership within the team. You know, it's interesting that we were just talking about, you know, potential captains other than Shalina, because I would think that she would be a natural candidate for that. Um, not just because she she has played so many positions across the pitch um, and really has, you know, a perspective for for the whole pitch, um, but also just because she is, I believe, the most tenured player on the club now. Um, and then also just her technical skills. There's a reason why, even though she was not called up to the England squad for the Euros, she is starting to get some attention in that area. You know, her her tackles are legendary. I think she has really good attacking instincts too. And that's why we've seen Rianne start to employ her further up the pitch. Um, and yeah, I just think she's, she is the full package as a player. Yeah. I mean, I have to say for me, she is just a joy when I am at, I'm watching them. I'm kind of like, Oh, please can Ash have the ball. Cause I just want to be entertained. And she is clearly the most entertaining player um, in terms of both the tackling, which I love, but also kind of going forward. So Abby, what do you, have you got things to add here? Yeah, I do. Um, just more good things, basically. Uh, I love her her ability to combine with other players on the wing. Uh, like she has a great short passing game. And like when she has an understanding with the winger ahead of her, like she's even spoken about this before in interviews, I think. Um, it's just so fun to watch. So fun to watch her combine with other people. She's just also so smart. Like she, her, her timing and her placement are spot on, so good. And which is not to say I've definitely seen her be at fault for a few goals this season. But I think that the way the the and I bring this up because I I think it just makes the point about how smart she is. She is so good at maximizing her strengths and usually kind of covering for the parts of her game that aren't as strong. Uh, and she is so intense which I just love watching that's one of my favorite things to see in a player and she just always has that moment of magic uh in her like you know over on the men's side we're always like waxing lyrical about like well in the past about deli flicks and stuff like that and I, I we need to do the same for Ash just that the goal that ended up being goal of the season this year that uh Rachel Williams scored Ash's one-time flick on for the assist was like mind-blowing and incredible and it's like the kind of thing that like really makes you fall in love with players and fall in love with the team and fall in love with the game that's yeah absolutely I think you could also put in that um list her cross for Shalina's headed was it Shalina was it for Shalina's no or Kaya's Kaya's goal and it's interesting you saying about combining with players because I always think she combines really well with Rhea and the two of them seem to understand where each other are including when in that one game when we played against Man City at home and Rhea played behind Ash they still seem to have that kind of understanding of when to cover for one another yeah and I think it was that game actually where she afterwards she gave an interview and she was like oh playing winger has really like opened my eyes to the kind of conversations I need to have with my um you know the winger ahead of me when I'm playing fullback and stuff like that so yeah and it was noticeable it 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 was you could tell that you know they were really communicating and had this understanding like either way around Sean, do you want to kind of add to that? And also, I mean, maybe you can say something about what you think club's decision to give Ashley Neville the longest contract that they've given to any woman player 
ever means and what's that say about our club and where we're going yeah well uh, I'm going to start with Abby's point about about Ash sometimes being at fault for goals and I genuinely think the reason that she's at fault for goals is because she's the last one standing she's the one putting her body on the line and that's often the case you know if you're if you're that player sometimes you know you're going to score an own goal or you're going to be seen as being at fault but if you're the last one standing that's what happens and, and I think that's her passion and her dedication I mean my first season going to watch Spurs women full-time was Ash's first season and she was one of the players I noticed straight away just the commitment even even not having played for the club for any period of time but that commitment I, I still remember in that first season she combined with Sarah Wiltshire who was also a new signing was a striker I remember a goal that Sarah Wiltshire scored that Ash literally just chipped it over the defenders and, and Sarah Wiltshire scored a great goal. So from there, you can see her combination play with with players. You can see the trickery, the skills that she's got. Um, she's never afraid to go into a tackle. Uh, my nephew loves her slide tackles. Um, I think we all do. You know, she plays with her heart on her sleeve. It's interesting, I was chatting with, with her wife um, uh, a while ago and she was saying the aggression that you see on the pitch she just doesn't recognise as part of Ash's character off the pitch so it's really interesting that you know the, the game brings that out of her but I do think it's big that that she's got a three-year contract I mean I think it's vital that the club starts to give more um, time to players um, give more you know so that players can start to do things you know because it's not like they're earning millions of pounds um, playing for the club they're earning relatively reasonable uh, modest wages so to get mortgages to be able to support families to be able to live they need you know a little bit of consistency and a little bit of uh, uh, of that from the club to say yes you've got three-year contracts I think Ash is the perfect person to do it with and I think I think Ash's journey has been the club's journey in many ways because when she claimed came to the club she came from Coventry who at that point weren't even in the championship uh, and she straight away looked like one of the best players on the pitch playing amongst players who've been playing in the championship for for time and even players who've been playing in the Super League. And every season she's improved. And in the Super League, um, her first season in the Super League, she was, you know, statistically one of the best fullbacks in the league. Um, her interceptions every season have been in the top two or three uh, in the league. So she reads the game really well and that continues to grow. She just wants to be out there playing. She doesn't mind whether she's right back, left back, on the wing. She's playing, she's happy, she's going to be go out there and give her all. Um, and it was really interesting actually I spoke to her um as we've mentioned before I was at the kit launch um photo shoot and and she was there for the away kits and we were part of the photo shoot was we were supposed to stand around chatting so I happily obliged um and had a natter with with Ash and, and congratulated her on her contract um and we were also talking about the rumours because there were rumours that other people were interested and she did turn down Manchester United and the Spanish club to come to stay with Spurs and part of the reasoning was you know well one she's happy at the club so why would she look to move and she's got a young family so doesn't want to disrupt them but two you know the club support her with that so her daughter comes to the comes to training and you know all the players know who she is and run over to see her after games and you know, she has that support at the club and I'm not saying other clubs wouldn't give that but she knows she's got it at Spurs um, and it's really brilliant to see she wants to finish her career with Spurs if she can and you know and I think Every club loves to have that player, don't they? That the fans just really identify with, and who who feels that the who feels the club. And you know, she's she's got those Jan Vertonghen moments of going, "I've had enough of this. Um, uh, we need to do some attacking," and just pelting it up the pitch. You know, the super Jan, super Ash, a kind of connection there, uh, uh, and it's great to see. And we love to see it. And you know, just that attitude of always being there, always playing a heart out. 
um, playing, you know, when she's slightly, you know, when she's got a knock, she's playing as well. When she's had a bereavement in her family, she was playing as well uh, and giving her all for the club. And I think the, the club and the fans have given back to her in the same way. And I think it's just her journey has been incredible. You wouldn't expect a player to come through so quickly as she has and maintain her status as one of the best players in the team, despite the fact that you've got international players coming in and by the way I think it's a travesty that she's not been called up for England and I hope that that changes once the Euros are over and there's a chance to kind of regroup and restart because we know that the manager of the England team was saying she likes to kind of keep a group together so her opportunity after the Euros to get Ash involved is absolutely there um, and I think you've got to give her a chance she's one of the best fullbacks in the league she can give you attacking options as well uh, 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 and I've always been a big fan of the fact her journey with Spurs started really at the same time as mine did and and you know it's it's just brilliant to see her doing so well and I'm, I'm so pleased that she feels the love from the fans and the club because we all want to see her sticking around yeah it is just a really positive story I am going to pause us talking about Ash here because I feel like we can do an entire podcast on her and maybe we will um because I want to move on to Keris who is a player who I think at the start of the season and you know last season wasn't playing as regularly people weren't I mean I know that I wasn't 100% convinced by her I now love Keris I think Keris is amazing there is nothing better than watching Keris shepherd a player and the ball out of um play knowing that she's got full confidence over what she's doing I also love to watch her doing the sort of like organizing coordinating stuff that she does yeah the thing I appreciate the most about Karis is just that she reads the game really well you know I I have sometimes criticized her in the past for not having necessarily the pace that I would like her to have but I think that she actually uses her physicality to her advantage and she has a really good knack for controlling the tempo of the game Um, even though she is not a player who is like central on the pitch. Um, So I think that really speaks to her, her ability and her smarts. Yeah. I think a smart player is a really good way of describing her. Sean. Yeah. The the only concern I have with Keris is is her age. And we saw playing three games. So she played three games in a row, um, two and a half games because she came on half time in one of those. She was struggling in the third game to make the ball do what she wanted it to do. Uh, and so I just I think she's an excellent player, but we need to use her sensibly and we need to um, bring her in for the games where we need her and then have that cover so that she doesn't have to play three games. And, you know, this season we had a lot of games. Next season, hopefully we will equally have a lot of games and we need to be thinking a lot about our strength in depth and and, and her age is certainly part of that. We need to be protecting her because she is important to us um, and we need to make sure that she's being, we can make the best use of her. So speaking about cover, we have two other fullbacks. We've got Esmita Ale and Esther Morgan. Yeah, with Esmita, she's a player that I think really has a lot of potential and has been one of the more exciting young players for me to watch over the past season. What I really love about her is her passing vision. And I think that since she started coming into that sort of wing back position and allowing Ash to get further forward, um, we saw almost immediately that the team was attacking better overall. Um, so I, I think she's definitely one that we want to hold on to and continue developing. Her, her weaknesses, I would say, are just that she's not as strong defensively as she is going forward. So definitely she could use some uh, mentorship from the centre-backs in that respect. But certainly in her early games, um, you could see her teammates 
later on in the game, not giving her very much of the ball because they didn't think that she was going to successfully pass it on. So there's a lot to learn there, I think, um, for Miss Meter. Great talent, and but as you say, defensively, she needs she needs to learn some lessons. And I think up against the, the better op- opposition, she struggles. Um, uh, Esther Morgan, I think, is another young player who didn't get much of a chance this season. Um, season before, um, she really burst onto the scene and had a lot of people talking about her potential. She's, um, I was lucky enough to be in a game during lockdown um, on a press pass. Um, I think it was Manchester United, I could be wrong, but she lost her boot on the halfway line um, and continued to run right back to the penalty area to make a tackle, or at least to attempt to make a tackle without a boot, um, right in front of the press box. And we were all like, okay. So, and the thing with her is that she's a Spurs fan. She's, um, you know, she goes and watches the men's game regularly um, and she is Tottenham through and through. And that kind of player we need to keep hold of and we need to be, um, you know, progressing her. And you know, she's come through from our academy. She's so far the best talent to emerge from our academy. And I, uh, she, we, we've really got to work and, and protect her and make sure that in a couple of seasons, she's going to be one of the one of the best fullbacks in the league, I think. That's great for a couple of seasons time. I guess the question is for this coming season, it sounds like we're saying we need to have a little bit more shoring up of central or central defence and or fullbacks, depending on sort of how Rianne is going to use Karras, depending on how, you know, we haven't got quite enough there. We've got some really great starters. And if we had the first, you know, if we had the first selection, which would be Molly and Shalina, Ash and Karras, that would be great. But if there's injury, when Karis gets tired, when things go wrong, there isn't quite that stable backup at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, And I was thinking about this last night. It's not entirely clear to me where we need that extra person because of the um, versatility of our back line. I I believe we need a setter back and a fullback, but I don't know which side we need the fullback on. I I can't quite puzzle that one out. Right now I'm leaning towards maybe a backup on the right but uh also how do you convince a good fullback to come and play back up to to ash although maybe you can say like ash is versatile ash plays on the wing ash plays on the left ash plays on the right so you'll get plenty of chances i just think because of that question up in the air i think we just need to get the best fullback that's available and the rest will work itself out because we have versatile players that's a good point yes Okay, so we kind of dealt with the defence. We're going on to the midfield. And this is where we had a really uh, bad news last week, I'd say. I think all of us were really upset to hear that Maver was leaving. She was absolutely integral and she played pretty much every minute of every game up until the game when she was suspended for having had too many yellow cards, something which we, you know, sort of key part of her game. And then she went off slightly early in the final game. But other than that, she was an ever-present part of our midfield. We've obviously also lost Rhea Percival, who got injured playing for New Zealand back in the international break earlier in the spring. That's an ACL injury, and she's likely to be out for, I don't know, however long it takes to fix an ACL injury, which is probably nearly a year at least even with everything going well, which apparently it has gone. I mean, what's good is the club has renewed her contract. Um, it would be, you know, 
really terrible if somebody was injured and not being paid um, over that period. But we can't count on her being back in the team anytime soon. Obviously, Josie Green, who's been who was up until her departure, the longest serving member of the club and had been a part of the club when we were um, in the third tier, has also had not had her contract renewed. So we've kind of lost three players in midfield. We've still got Evelina Sumanen, who joined in the January window and seemed to fit in almost instantly and became a sort of ever-present starter after that. Cho Hyun has got another year of a two-year contract to run. And obviously, we've got news that Drew Spence is joining. So there's quite a lot of flux in our midfield. I guess it'd be nice to start with, like, what do the losses of Maeva and, I guess, Rhea, because she's really not going to be around, at least playing for a while, and Josie mean? Yeah, I think uh, that that holding midfielder role that Maeva filled, that uh, with a little bit of a spark of attack, we've really struggled. We've really struggled with that. Um, when we were in the championship, we brought Emma Beckett in for half a season to play in that role, and she did brilliantly. And then she didn't want to become a professional because she's got a great career outside of football. Um, and then we brought in Rachel Furness right at the beginning of our Super League career kind of out of nowhere and she went straight into the team we were all like what's going on but then we all became huge Rachel Furness fans but she was only on loan and then she got bought by Liverpool so she left and we we had that hole um, and then Maver came and we thought yay that's it we found her again we've got that player in that role and um, obviously she's got dreams outside of football and a, and a life outside of football that she wants to pursue and so you can't begrudge her that and I don't think you go to Switzerland for footballing reasons um at, 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 you know, certainly not at her stage of her career she's she could still be playing at this level for a few years yet but she hasn't so we have to wish her all the well all the best and thank her for a fantastic season but yes it's worrying that 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 linchpin in that in that centre midfield is gone I think Josie Green I want to wish her well and I hope that she, she she's a really interesting one because she's a player that never had really that opportunity to dream of being a professional footballer when she was young. And so there was, uh, I know some of my friends were a little bit kind of, because she used to talk about her dream being to go and teach in Dubai because she was a teacher and stuff. Um, and they found that a bit weird for a footballer. But of course, she didn't grow up being able to dream of being a professional footballer. But since she's been able to be a professional footballer I think she's been a fantastic example of, of a player of a, she was captain for a short while um before Shalina arrived and uh, before Rianne arrived really and I think that's to do with her history at the club Jenna used to describe her as a little bit of a terrier at your heels when in training you know she she's she's a great player and what one of the things that amazed me she didn't play so much in the last couple of seasons but whenever she came on the pitch she played really well she wasn't one of those players that you were like, oh no, she needs to play every week to play well. And had she been able, had she been willing to stay as a squad player and to stay and have that role, I would have been really happy because I think she was fantastic at it. But clearly she wants, clearly somewhere there, maybe she wants to play more. Rumours are she's going to Leicester, but we wait and find out. But I mean, North London Derby was always brilliant and Josie always gave us donkey performance in a a North London Derby because she was proper Spurs. Um, And the first North London Derby in front of 38,000 people, um, she had an injury and she played she played it you know most of the players off the park that day um just with a great belief and desire uh and so we will miss Josie Green a lot um but we wish her well and we hope that she continues you know she gets some more play time where she's going 
Um, I think it's great that she had those then the final games um, where she both scored on the away game at Everton and then she played, you know, in the North London derby, played a big role and then at the home game. So she got quite a few minutes in just the last few games of the season, didn't she? Yeah. And that Everton game as well. It wasn't just that she it wasn't just that she scored that goal. She created that goal, which I think a lot of people missed. She actually created that goal. And that was just coming straight off the bench. So, yeah, I mean. A fantastic player and, and you know a great servant of the club um and we're hoping she'll be doing well as you say Rhea I don't think is gonna you know it's gonna be at least a year I would think given her age as well so um I mean she's she was a fantastic player this season you know all over the park when she first came in I was a bit unsure about her playing at fullback she wasn't her position anymore but playing in midfield she's really been a brilliant player for us so and then you've got Drew Spence coming in who is a, a great addition, such an experience in the Super League, knows exactly her stuff. Um be interesting to see exactly how she fits into the squad and exactly where she plays. She can she can score goals as well as put in a good tackle. So uh, really excited to see how she fits into that squad. But I do think we need some some more strength and depth in that midfield. Yeah, certainly. I know, just echoing your rear all over the pitch thing. Definitely, she was one of those players who you would see her pressing, you know, the goalkeeper, trying to get the ball back, uh, our offensive end. And then next thing you know, she's heading a clearance from the goal line right down the other end. When you're playing, when you're watching her live, you'd also see her sliding into these tackles by the byline. You know, she was everywhere. I used to make me laugh because she would like her top would be brown within five minutes because of the amount of time she would be knocked down and then get up again and then keep playing. Um, she was just one of those players who was an energizer bunny of, of a player, which was, you know, just amazing to watch and always felt like she was giving her all. I remember watching one of those club social media video things uh, and they were asking all the players, like, who's the best player on the team? Who's the most underrated player on the team? And it was like, Rhea, it's Rhea, it's Rhea. Everyone said Rhea. I think maybe one person said someone else, but everyone said Rhea. And I just knew like when I heard she'd gone out with the ACL, I was like, oh man, we're going to miss that. <laughs> like, um, yeah, so that that is a real shame. Um, and you know, when I thought we were keeping Neva for the next season, I thought we had it finally. I was like, Evelina, Neva, and Drew Spence. That's actually a really like nice amount of cover for two spots, and each combination offers you slight uh, something slightly different. And I do think that Evelina and Drew will work really well together. I think that they probably have some pretty complimentary attributes, but it's hard to know exactly what we're going to get from Drew Spence just because she hasn't played a whole lot in the last few seasons. Like I think she played less than 500 minutes last season. Uh, It's kind of hard to read what we're going to get from her because some of those minutes were further up the pitch than others. Uh, So I don't really have a great sense of like what she might provide defensively, which, you know, Mava provided quite a bit of that. And I also think we're really going to miss Neva's passing. I think when I watched her, like she fit right in with the rest of the squad in terms of this pressy tackly thing that the, our midfielders and attackers have going. But what I, what really stood out to me about her was, was her, just her distribution. She always kept things ticking. She always kept things moving. She could turn, she could like receive the ball on her left and turn to the right and 
calmly pick out a pass. And I think we're really going to miss that because I don't think that Evelina's passing is quite as good. She's more of a carrier. And so I'm looking for someone to come in who can cover the passing that Nava did while continuing to be a strong defender and an energetic presser. So I think that's what we need. I haven't mentioned Cho Sohyun at all because I really haven't seen that much from her, whether she's on or off the field. So I don't really know what to expect from her. I don't really know whether we're going to get it. Cho, especially in the second half of the season, didn't play that many games. She had a pretty good game in one of the games against Chelsea, I think, where you saw her seeming to have adapted more to Rianne's style. But yeah, I think it's interesting. And the things you raise about Drew are really important because with Maver having been an ever-present member of the team, you can't really replace her with someone who's only going to play eight games. There needs to be somebody who is going to be both able to fulfill her role, but also being able to play the number of minutes that Maver was playing. Um, obviously, Chelsea had more other games outside of the WSL, and she was also playing some of those games. But as you said, often as a substitute, sometimes further up the field, she was used in quite a variety of ways. So I also have no idea exactly which holes she's going to be filling. Caroline, did you have things to say about us midfield? Well, I don't know much about Drew Spence, honestly. Like, I just haven't seen her play enough. Um, so she's a bit of an enigma to me. <laughs> But I just think that personally, the biggest loss is going to be Rhea, you know, with her injury, because I think she was so integral to our playmaking. Um, You know, she has some of those incredible through balls, like some of the best I've ever seen that we're really going to be missing, you know, to feed our wingers and our striker this season. So I think if we're going to be making any more moves in midfield, which we have been rumored to, I would like to see definitely just a creative attacking midfielder brought in. I think that's the biggest priority. Yeah, I think I think that we all have a sense that there needs to be something that, that has got to be probably, you know, in an ideal world, a creative attacking midfielder, but also one of those sort of more um, pivot, defensive sort of pivot players, more like what Maver was doing. I think we haven't said that much about Evelina. I think we all like her, don't we, Abby? Yeah, I just adore her. And I, I meant to say this. I do think she could cover six quite well, like that defensive pivot, because she she is quite a runner. She has phenomenal positioning. She is always sitting in that sort of like third person hole where you have like one player on the ball, one cutting off the pass, and then like a third player back there waiting to intercept something she is so good at that and she really runs around a lot and she is always on the ground as well either because she's been fouled or because she's made a good tackle or because she's committed a foul uh just so aggressive I think if we need that then we need a more attacking player who's a passer um but she which is not to say she she's bad at passing because she's not she's actually good at it she's just not what Mava was. So I think if we shift our expectations around in midfield, I think Evelina could be that six. And I just love her. And I think she's great. And she's still young this season. And like, she only had a half season to adapt. So I'm just so excited to see whatever it is she does next year, whether it's a more box to box role or a more snappy sort of six, like DM cleaner upper sort of role or a combination of the two. I mean, certainly for her country, she's more of an attacking midfielder, isn't she? She's a goal scorer, which she hasn't yet managed at Spurs. But um, we've seen her, you know, make a couple of attempts, um, put some shots in. So it it will be interesting to see where she's played. Um, I think, like you say, some of that hold up play that Maver did is where she's less strong. 
and the sort of ability to change the direction of play in the middle field. Okay, I think we've kind of covered the sort of centre of midfield. So I'm going to move to sort of more the attacking midfielders slash wingers section of the team. And here, start with the people who are out at the moment or gone. So we've lost Angela Addison, who's been at the club quite a long time. Um, Her contract was terminated. We've also um, obviously last November lost Kit Graham, who went out with an ACL, which is an injury that's very common in the women's game. And obviously it's hit Spurs twice this season. And it, a couple of years ago, Jess Naz also had an ACL injury. So yeah, very widespread and that's a real issue. So we, we're not sure when Kit's going to be back. Hopefully there's been sort of photos of her doing training and whatnot. So hopefully it won't be too long. We've obviously also got Rosella Ryan. Her contract's been renewed a year. We've got Jessica Naz, who has another year on her contract as well. Izzy Lane came in as a substitute, usually in the 90-something minute in about two games. So I'm not sure how much we can say about her. She did play a little bit longer in a Conti Cup game. Um, But yeah, so let's start with kind of the loss of Angela Addison and Kit Graham. Sean, do you want to kick us off on these ones? Yeah, so... um... Um, I think Angela Addison had a solid fan base within our within our fans, um, and a lot of people liked her. But I, I always struggled with her. She had some great potential. In fact, just before she signed her new contract um, under Rianne, she was playing really well, and I thought, oh, maybe that potential is starting to come to fruition. But then she signed a new contract at the same time as Jess did, and stopped playing well again. And her only ever made, if she started the game, she made very little impact. The impact she would make was coming on as a substitute later on in the game with the speed that she could bring um, and, uh, and running at players. And she had she was effective at that, particularly when we were playing against the, the championship sides or the lower sides. But I just don't think she had enough there. Um, she was always very confident in her own ability. And I was always a bit worried that she wasn't really a team player. She was more there for herself and, and for her own progression. And at a team like Spurs, that's not that's not how we play. That's not how we are. And she didn't have the anything to back up that, com- that confidence in herself because she was still a young player who hadn't done a huge amount. Um, I think it was the right time for her to go. If she'd stayed, she would have had to have gone out on loan and uh, gone to one of the lower league clubs in the league or gone down to the championship and got regular minutes but I think it was the right thing for her to go um and just um and find somewhere else where she can where she can play more um and also just her physicality in the Super League you know when you're playing against the size of Chelsea's defenders I mean in that game towards the end of the season there was just no way she was getting through so um I, I think that was a that was a good decision in the end um but again we thank her for everything she's done for the club and uh, she certainly has you know been fun to watch at times and like um, you say she she was the player who this season she made 18 substitute appearances literally topped the league for WSL substitute appearances so she really wasn't being used for whole games anymore she was coming on and it was often 80 something minute so she would have to be a really super super sub to make a difference there and she wasn't quite that I don't think this season um no um and then you've got Kit as well of course who um I think her her getting injured had a real impact on our season because you look at uh, and, and in particular on Rachel Williams because you look at Rachel Williams's goals and apart from one goal or two goals they came before Kit got injured um, and the reason for that is that Kit was the creative player in that central role she would do the running she would uh, you know pass uh, she would be the one turning and passing to Rachel she would be the one 
making the goal line, you know, melee, which Rachel could then push her way through. Uh, and and she was great in that. And that she was that creative spark. She has been that creative spark for us. And that's what we've been missing, as we mentioned in the um, in the previous section. When she got injured, you found that Rachel Williams was being drawn back into that midfield role to try and do that spark, to try and be that creative player. And then she turned around to look for the striker in the box. And of course, she was in the midfield and not in the box. So that was, I think, a large part of a big part of our problem later on in the season when we were when when you're talking about scoring goals, is that Rachel's goal was basically dried up because she was too often not in the box. And that was, I think, a lot to do with Kit not being there. Uh, and you know, Kit is such an important part of, of our team. And I don't I can't see her being back before Christmas. Uh, again, an ACL injury that happened kind of February time, I think. So um Christmas would be optimistic, I think, for her return. But um great to see her back in uh, you know doing conditioning and things, but there's a long way to go from conditioning work to grass work. Yeah, no, I think it was the it was in November. It was definitely before Christmas, but I but it's still likely to not be until Christmas. You're right. So we are gonna need to fill that gap or do something there, Abby. Yeah, and one thing about Kit that I've noticed based on her Instagram posts is that it looks like she actually had surgery on both her knees. Um, and I, I think that one of them was probably the injury in the game. I don't know what the other one was. Maybe it was just like a lingering thing she had going on, or maybe she hurt them both at the same time. But recovering from two knee surgeries, man, that sounds like quite a task. And I, I'm so excited that we've extended her contract and we're going to leave room for her. And I really hope she comes back stronger than ever. Uh, but until then, we're really going to miss her. Yeah, I know it was a non-contact injury, but I still blame West Ham for that one. We, how about Jess? I mean, Jess is like one of those players who can be just so exciting. Um, what about her is it? But sort of where are her weaknesses as well? So she's one of those players who sometimes a bit inconsistent, I guess. Um, Caroline, do you want to talk about Jess? Yeah, definitely, you know, consistency is an issue. And I think that goes for both of our wingers, uh, Rosella as well. But Jess is a player who really excites me just because I think her sort of shot selection is unique within the squad. Um, you know, she she is such a powerful shooter. You know, she's got that superb pace. She has a real knack for positioning. You know, there's not a lot of negatives for her when it comes to going forward. I think we did see a couple times she was a bit of a liability on defense, you know, tracking back. But I, I just think she's a player who, once she gets some better players around her, we're really going to see her explode. So if we can get a more consistent, you know, creative playmaker to feed her, I think we're really going to see her her goals just explode this season. I feel pretty confident about that. Yeah, I mean, when Jess came in, obviously she came from Arsenal, having started her playing career at Spurs and then gone to Arsenal when we weren't very good. And now she's come back and there was a lot of a lot of England talk around her. She was the player of the future and there was a lot of talk. Um, and I found, uh, you know, she had a lot of skilly skills that often weren't quite tight. Um and then obviously she was out for a year and a half with an ACL injury uh, and that's that really set her back. I think she's starting to come back into it now. I think when she's really good is when she's got that confidence to challenge players. Um, when we see her actually getting involved in tackles and things like that, that you, I'm not sure if it's she's worried about injuries or a lack of confidence or 
what it is, but or, or, or maybe some games she's just not as up for as others. But when she is up for it, when she does put in those tackles and run at players, that's when she's at her best. Um, and then when she's striking those goals like she did against Everton, I mean, she was just in front of me when she took that. And I mean, cracking, you know, we don't score many of those kind of impressive goals. A lot of our goals have been, you know, pushing it over the line kind of things. Um, and uh, that was just a, a beautiful shot, you know, look up and, and go. So I think she's got a lot of potential, but um, and but also she's got a lot to live up to because a lot of people are expecting lots of her. But I also think it's interesting that Drew Spence, when she was asked which players attracted her to Spurs, she talked about Ash and she talked about Jess. Yeah, I think what you said there about Jess scoring exciting goals, when I was looking at our sort of goal, all of the goals of the season, it was really notable that, Jessica Nas only scores good goals. Like she doesn't score like the little tap-ins. That's just not her thing. And she also, I mean, because I one of my problems with her is sometimes I think her passing in the middle of the field is a bit lackadaisical. I'd say she loses concentration. A lot of her passes go astray. But when she's in that final third and she's putting a cross in, then all of a sudden she's like spot on. It's like her concentration comes to the fore and she's focused and it's beautiful. Um, so not only does she score those great goals, but she also makes them for other people. But there are still those problems about her sort of switching off. Abby, did you want to add something? Yeah, um, I think I'm really excited about her. I think that she definitely has a potentially really useful skill set. I Not only is her pace phenomenal but the way she uses it and her timing of those bursts of acceleration and deceleration notably um how she um you know she took this ball that Josie Green had set up against Everton beat someone on the touchline and then put Josie back in for the equalizer I thought that was the best of her and what I want to see for her sorry a fire truck just went by outside (laughs) um and I actually think like she has a good tackle in her. She, um, she has really high tackle numbers actually. And I think when I see her not tracking back or like not being able to pick out a pass and making the wrong decisions, then this is totally speculation to me. It feels like she's overthinking it. Not that she's losing concentration. She just, I see her as a player who is trying to fit into a system and a style of play. Um, and that she just has been, pick like making poor selections as she's trying to fit in and so I'm just wondering if when she has better players around her when she gets more confident in the system uh and of potentially what she's being asked to do I think we will see her explode because I think she has a really nice skill set Okay, so I think there's a consensus here that there's lots of exciting promise with Jess um, and we're sort of enthusiastic to see her over the next year. Um, I want to move on to Roseanne. Um, Obviously, she's a player about whom there's some ambivalence. People are really enthusiastic about her, but there's also fans who are less so. Rianne seems to have quite a lot of faith in her and, you know, does use her both as a substitute, but also as a starter. Caroline. Yeah, Rosella can be such a frustrating player because it like to me it's pretty clear that she reads the game well and she makes smart decisions in the attacking third it's I just think she lacks the power and the skill sometimes uh you know there there would be such a good player there if she just had that little extra amount of skill Um, because we've seen so many times she gets herself into the right positions she makes the right pass but when it comes to her own shots, like they just don't have enough power on them. And 
yeah, she, she's one that I was a little surprised to see that the club decided to extend her contract a further year. Um, cause I honestly felt like that was a, a player that we could upgrade on, but if Rianne has this belief in her, there has to be some reason. I hope that we see it this season. <laughs> yeah, I could second you on being a frustrating player. It's one of those, those players who you feel like they should be better. I feel like she's the Bobby Zamora of um, Spurs women. And most of you two are too recent to Spurs to remember Bobby Zamora. But he was always like in these great positions and you felt like he should be scoring all these goals. QPR players love him, but at Spurs, he did not score those goals. Um, and for me, yeah, Ros is like that. And the thing you say about power, I remember in the final game, Keris Harrop had this shot that just like ricocheted off the woodwork. And I remember thinking, if only our, you know, if only our forward players were putting in shots like that, if that was Rosa's shot, she would score so many more. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I think there are non-footballing reasons that Ros might be being kept around. Um, which we probably won't go into here. But, I mean, the other thing that concerns me with Ros is she doesn't seem to know where the goal is. Um, When we played Watford and we won 10-0 in the end, um, she could have had a hat-trick before her hat-trick. And, you know, that just kind of says it all. If you can't score when you're in front of goal against Watford, who were at that time the worst team in the Championship and actually ended up the worst team in the Championship, um, then you've got to worry. And she just kept putting it into the bushes behind um, and so many times she got the ball and was in a good position and it just didn't go on target or it went straight at the goalkeeper. And I, I just think it's an instinct that you can't teach. And if she hasn't got it. I mean, she's plays, if she plays on the wing, I think there's a lot more scope for her. I mean, she put in a couple of seasons ago, West Ham Stadium, beautiful cross for um, Rihanna Dean to score. You know, if she can do more of that stuff, then I'm really happy for her to be around. But I don't think striker is the position for her. I don't I just don't think, you know, Rachel Williams just knows where the goal is and will do anything to get it in the goal. Ros doesn't have that quality. Yeah, that bundling across the goal in the Arsenal game is that sort of the evidence. You just could not imagine Ros doing that. Abby? Yeah, I think it says a lot about our injury issues, actually, that Ros was taking so many shots this year. And like, for instance, Rachel Williams wasn't, uh, especially towards the end of the season. Ros has wild shot numbers. She takes so many shots. And I'm not entirely sure that's what you want her doing. Um, But she takes enough shots that it's like, if she could even just get a little better at shooting, then I think I... I see enough reason to keep her around because I I just looked it up. The numbers are way higher than I thought. She takes like three shots a game. It's like in the 80th percentile against other attacking midfielders and wingers. And, um, or sorry, three shots per 90, actually, I should say, because she doesn't usually get a full 90. I think that, you know, as a dribbler and a presser, she's great to have on the field. I I just wonder if, especially because Rianne has opted to keep her, whether we'll see her utilized in a slightly different way next year when she's surrounded by different players, because it's like, you know, with Kit out, with Rhea out, um, no more Rachel Williams and, you know, a host of our other attacking players are are no longer going to be playing or are, uh, you know, for whatever reason, unable to play. We need to remake our entire attack. So I still have hope. I'm not, I'm not low on Rosella Ian at all. I have hope that we'll see her serve a better purpose in a different system with a remade attack, or she'll hopefully, maybe she can 
take a book or take a page out of Harry Kane's book and practice shooting all summer. And if she even just gets a tiny, 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 tiny bit better or like levels up one level in her shooting, that would actually be super useful for a winger. That's it. Or, or um, Gareth Bale, who, you know, had not quite those weaknesses, but, you know, he also changed his game and became a much stronger player over time. Okay, um, we haven't said much about Izzy Lane. I don't know that we've got enough evidence to say much about Izzy Lane. Hopefully she's going to surprise us and be a player we um, are all talking about next year. Um, we haven't, um, we're moving on, I think, beyond the sort of talking about the attacking midfield. It's clear there's some gaps there. We do need to fill, you know, so we need at least some kind of signing that's going to fill the kit gap um, that still exists. To, and perhaps another um, winger, given that we're kind of both, I don't know if we're sort of confident on Roz and Jess being our kind of starter wingers every single time. Okay, but we're going to um, move to the uh, forward lines, to our strikers. Um, Obviously, Rachel Williams was another player who was really absolutely central to everything we did this season. She's leaving. I have to say, I'm really devastated, but I feel like all the people I used to take to see Spurs women are going to be even more devastated. It was one of the, she was one of those players that every time I brought somebody who was mostly a fan of a foot, male football team, not even necessarily Spurs, they would just zone in on her and be like completely, um, you know, again, this is the probably having low expectations of women's football, but they would be super impressed with her level of skill on the ball, her control, her ability to bring the ball down to take time everything she did in the center of um the field she seemed to have more time than anyone around her and I know that we're going to miss her even if she wasn't scoring the goals that she was scoring at the end she was doing lots of other things for us so we're losing Rachel we're also Tangiali has gone back um she was on loan um I'm not sure that we're going to miss her as much she mostly came in as a sort of 80 something minute substitute she um is obviously still suspended she should be back in October she was um hasn't played since January because she had a drug suspension it was not a performance enhancing drug it was an acne treatment that she missed mistakenly took um but is sometimes used to um disguise steroids and so that's why she was suspended so she is coming back but obviously not for the first month or so um and so really the only striker we've got left at the moment is Kaya Simon so especially given how few goals we scored last season um I'm not sure that you know wholesale reliance on Kaya is going to do the trick so what are our thoughts about our forward line? I'm just going to kick it open. We've always struggled for goals. It's not just the last season kind of thing. It's been a constant thing since we've been in the Super League. Our first our first season, we did a lot better than anybody anticipated, but we still didn't score very many goals. Uh, so it's always been a problem. Um, we knew we needed a striker. Now that Rachel's gone, I think we need two strikers um, to, you know, we because as I say, so often when Rachel was was playing creatively in the midfield you just didn't have anybody in the box um and you've got to have a player in the box so we need we need that kind of striker that's going to be the Gary Lineker of our team you know hanging around that goal and and putting the ball in the back of the net and also you know if we can have a, a striker who's good with it with their head then you can utilize the wingers in a different way and you know Rihanna Dean had that when I mean she obviously um, you know, wasn't good enough going forward um, uh, for us to stay with us. But you know, she did show some good good goals with his with her head, and and we need another player like that, but obviously of a better quality. But the trouble is, I think at the moment everybody's looking for strikers, and it's a really difficult thing to come by. Yeah, with 
with Kaya Simon, I think she might be the player on the team that frustrates me the most <laughs> out of the entire squad. And I often found myself thinking that if we could just combine Kaya and Rosella into one player, we would have a phenomenal forward <laughs> because, you know, with Kaya, like she has the skills. It's just her, her decision-making um, was a lot of the times lacking, uh, especially when it came to her timing of her runs, but also, um, you know, passing to her fellow forwards. So I, I just would really love for her to work on her sort of reaction time when it comes to decision-making and also her explosivity. That's it. Cause of course she plays in the Australian team with Sam Kerr. So she's, you know, she's got somebody else to rely on quite heavily there. Abby, did you have thoughts about our striking situation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, as I said before, we really do need to remake our entire attack this year, basically, for a variety of reasons. I have spoken before and written before about how frustrated I was with Kaya this year. So I'm going to try to take a different angle on that and say that I have a lot of images of her in my mind doing two things. And one of those is letting the ball run out of play ahead of her. And it feels like she hasn't quite adjusted to losing a bit of pace but I also think that the point about you know playing next to Sam Kerr is a a really good one I my other image of her in my mind is of like Rosella or Jess or whoever it is absolutely missing a shot while Kaya is right there open in the middle of the box kind of holding her head in her hand going like why would you not square that to me and so I wonder whether Kaya will be a less frustrating player if she's surrounded by better attackers because she's a great player and a talented player and I'm sure she still has more to offer I just wonder whether in the specific attack we had last year whether maybe she was just as frustrated with the situation as we were in that kind of thing I will put it simply I want Beth England I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but man, as soon as I heard that rumor, I couldn't stop myself from going all in on that. I think we probably need another one as well. Cause we can't just have one. What if she gets injured, you know? And I also think it wouldn't hurt to buy as many promising versatile attackers as we can, whether they're attacking mids, um, you know, attacking minded wingers, strikers, strikers who can play the other two positions, just, get as many good attacking players as we can. We have nothing right now or very little, I should say. I mean, the other, the other player that I think, well, when we did the kind of questions earlier on in the season, Rachel, for the blog, um, one of the players that I mentioned was Ebony Salmon. And I have seen a little bit on Twitter, not from anybody that I know is reputable in any way, shape or form, but there, there was some mutterings about it. Um, and I think in terms of somebody who we know we who can play in this country, um, and who's got great potential. Uh, I think if we can get hold of her as well, that would be a, a fantastic uh, addition to the squad, you know, a young English player as well, you know, so um, who has had some involvement with the England team. So again, you know, seems like a, a great addition if we can get hold of her um, and, you know, hopefully she wants to come home because, you know, don't want to be out in America um, and come come back to the Super League. And uh, and I think, you know, I, th- I think one of you was talking about not she's not getting too much of an opportunity to play where she is. So um, hopefully she wants to come home and hopefully that might be something that we can make happen. But it'll be, I think it will be interesting with the transfers because I think the contracts come to an end at the end of June for most players. So if not all players. So 
that's when we're going to start to see the um, things being announced in July and hopefully um, things will start to move then. I have this memory, I don't know why, of just watching Ebony Salmon score against us a few years ago and it's just stuck in my mind. And so every time I think about it, I'm like, we need to get around our side. Like, I would love that. That would be a great transfer. Yeah, and if you're thinking of players who just know where the back of the net is, she is a great example of that. Um, And she is being just wasted at racing Louisville. So (laughs) someone's got to get her out of there. Well, that's it. When you go down to Louisville for the tournament, maybe this is the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously we're going to have to have another podcast to talk about the transfers that happen when they have happened. And hopefully all of the exciting new strikers, Beth England, Ebony Salmon, all of the people we wanted who have come to Spurs, as well as our fullbacks and our defensive midfielders, all of those people we're going to be talking about. I think it was a really good point. I was thinking, Abby, that you made about Kaya needing that other player and I was thinking the game when she played best for us was against Brighton and that was the game when Ashley Neville was playing as a winger rather than a fullback now obviously both one of her goals was an amazing long ball from Molly all the way up the field but the other ball was but the other goal wasn't it was much more based on of a cross into the box and thinking about having more players higher up the field so again maybe there's something we can do to change how we're playing that will mean that Kaya comes into her own in some way or other Okay, I want to finish off with a couple of um, quick fire sets of questions. We've talked about sort of where there are gaps, etc. But one of the things that's also noticeable is with the exception of Ash, who has got that now three year contract and Becky and Drew, who have got contracts for another two years and Kit, who has a sort of one plus one contract. All of the rest of our players, as far as we're aware, are going to have their contracts ending at the end of next year, which might pass into a massive crisis. So given that, are there players who you especially want the club to kind of pull into a longer contract now? Who do we think we need on a, you know, to get in for another two or three years? I'll say Molly Bartrip seems like a no brainer to me. You know, she's just been integral to our defense. And as it goes for attacking I would say the one I feel most confident about at this point is Jess Naz. Um, And then for me, sort of a wild card, one that we might want to think about, but is not like nailed on yet would be Asmita Ale. It's Evelina for me. (laughs) Of course it is. Sean, did you have anything to add or are you happy with those selections? Yeah, I'm happy with those. And I also think that in the women's game, it's, it's, less it's less of a concern I think that I mean it's starting to be more of an issue um but generally speaking I think it's kind of how it works and a lot of players are working on a one-year contract and and not knowing what comes at the end of it I think so long as players are happy at the club and so long as we're playing as long as we're remaining the best of the rest or you know or, or, or working towards that title I think you know we're in a good place to keep hold of people um even if we are only giving one-year contracts but I do think going forwards just for the professionalism of the sport, then we need to be giving people longer contracts. Yeah, and I think that's something we can talk about a little bit more when we talk about the WSL and the ways in which it is organised and the way it differs as well from the men's game. Um, So definitely something to come back to, sort of length of contracts and what that means for the security of players, but also the ways in which clubs can plan for the future. Um, Last question for you all. If you were given, like, control over all the cash that Spurs have and hopefully they are now spending more of it than they were um where would be your like biggest priority where would you splash the cash to get the sort of you know the best player possible which position it's got to be striker for me because we need goals end of story 
yeah, I think uh, we need we need we've, we've got no no out and out strikers. We need to spend the money on the strikers and then um, use what we've got left to bolster the, the midfield and support the defence. Yeah, it's striker for me as well. I have, and I will I will echo that thought. So yes, we definitely need a striker. Rianne, if you're listening, um, Levy, if you're listening, please, can we get a striker? We'll spend lots of money, please. It's only going to cost a fraction of the men's... Um, go on. Okay, so I think that's it for today. Uh, obviously, we've had a lot to get through. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed the podcast. If you did, please subscribe. Spread the word to other Spurs women fans. Um, rate us on your platform of choice. If you want to follow um, us as a podcast, you can do that at N17Women. You can also follow us individually. Um, Caroline, where can they find you? I am at CG Stefko. Thank you. And Abby, where are you? I'm at Abby Rose Meow. Uh, that's Abby with an I-E and Meow is in the cap. Okay. Um, something which you will explain at a later point. Um, and Sean. Uh, I'm just uh, Sean underscore Wallace and you can also um, catch some of the stuff that I do with the proud Lily Whites for those of you who um, uh, are allies or members of the community. And definitely another thing for our list of things to talk more about on a future podcast is the sort of work of proud Lily Whites, um, which is an organisation that's been very instrumental in supporting and helping the growth of the women's team at Spurs, as well as doing lots of other things that we need to talk about. You can find me at Spurs Women Blog. And I think that's, um, yeah, I just want to finish by saying that next week we are going to be tackling a range of different topics, I think. um, And we're opening it up for your questions or comments, things you'd like us to focus on. Um, So let us know what you're interested in. You can do that on Twitter or you can email us with your suggestions at n17women at protonmail.com. Until then, thanks for listening. Bye.